Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. And I'm Dale Denwald. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. The debate over trans rights and school restrooms has triggered controversy among local politicians, with Republican candidates for attorney general and state superintendent pressuring Stillwater Public Schools about its restroom policy. My co-host Nuria has written extensively about this subject, and I'd like to start from the beginning. This became a hot topic a month ago when the appointed Secretary of Education, Ryan Walters, sent a letter to Stillwater Schools bashing the school district for its, quote, woke agenda. And he was referring to a policy that allows trans kids to use the bathroom of their gender identity. Nuria, what exactly is this policy and when was it implemented? Yeah, this policy has existed in Stillwater Public Schools for the past six years. So for six years, students in the school district could use the restroom that matches their gender identity. And in the case of a transgender student, whether it's um, male to female or female to male, they would be allowed to use the bathroom that aligns with their gender identity uh, as opposed to strictly the sex that they were assigned at birth. Now, this comes at a time when LGBT rights and particularly trans rights are a national issue. Once again, this is an election year and conservatives across the country seem to be focused on the politics of gender and sexual identity. How has that played out here in Oklahoma? Yeah, so we've already seen two sort of similar bills pass um, through the state legislature and, and to earn the governor's signature this year. There was a bill earlier in the session that uh, Governor Stitt signed that effectively prohibited transgender women from participating in women's sports at the high school and college level. Um, and I believe that law affects transgender people, um, you know, across the board, but there is a particular focus on, uh, quote unquote, protecting women's sports. I believe it was called the the Save Women's Sports Act. So there is already this um, argument out there that, you know, women need to be protected from this presence of, of transgender people. And then there was also a bill that the governor signed into law that outlawed non-binary birth certificates in Oklahoma, um, basically you have to have an M or an F on your birth certificate to indicate male or female, even though there were some who wished to have the letter X uh, to have a non-binary option. So this would be the the third um, sort of policy uh, law um, uh, issue uh, about trans rights being discussed here in Oklahoma. Now, specifically on the school bathroom issue, it's been a political football. Uh, it's passed around between state and local officials. The Republicans are pressuring the state superintendent, Joy Hoffmeister, who is a Democratic candidate for governor. They're pressuring her to address it, to come out and, and take a stand. Hoffmeister, in turn, seems to have left it up to the attorney general. Stillwater 
Charter School Board asked the Oklahoma State Board of Education, that's local school district, asked the State Board of Education and the governor to get involved. Who has the final say here? Right, so this definitely has kind of changed hands a couple times, um, taken a lot of different twists and turns. Um, initially, there was a lot of pressure on the local school board to address this. Like like you mentioned earlier, Ryan Walters, who is the governor's secretary of education, he was, you know, trying to argue that this is a safety issue, that, you know, he, he kept saying biological males should not be allowed in the girls' restroom. Um, and, and again, you know, this policy affects both boys and girls, but there's been almost an exclusive emphasis on the issue of girls' restrooms in particular. And so there was pressure on the Stillwater School Board to address this. And the school board unanimously passed a resolution saying that they would not change this protocol unless the state left them no choice. Um, and they also asked for legally binding guidance from the state before they, re- they had received guidance that was not obligatory. And so they put this policy in place and they've had it for six years and have said there have been absolutely zero incidents of misbehavior that have been reported as a result of it. But they did ask for the State Board of Education to develop emergency rules that would be legally binding that would basically decide how schools are allowed to craft their bathroom policies and whether they can have a bathroom policy like this one that is by gender identity and not by birth sex. The State Board of Education, um, Joy Hoffmeister is the chair of that board, um, and she said that crafting emergency rules would not have been the appropriate course of action here. Um, I can get into all the legalese, but basically she said that wouldn't have been appropriate. It would be better for the attorney general to issue an opinion. An opinion from the attorney general is basically a legally binding interpretation of law. Um, And so she asked Attorney General John O'Connor if this is a local issue, if local school districts have the authority to decide their own bathroom policies, or if this is something else entirely. And then state lawmakers at the Capitol, Republican lawmakers, also reached out to the Attorney General asking for an opinion, um, but their request was different. They were asking, number one, is there a law in our state that actually governs this? And number two, would it be illegal for us to create one, Um, specifically with the intent to restrict bathroom access in schools to birth sex and not gender identity? Um, And the attorney general has not yet gotten back to Hoffmeister's request, he very quickly responded to Republican lawmakers and basically gave them the green light. He actually told them to act expeditiously while there is still time left in the session, uh, which ends this month, um, said, you need to jump on this right now and provide some clarity here with the express purpose of crafting a bill that would restrict bathrooms to biological sex. Just keep in mind, John O'Connor, he is the attorney general. He's also running to keep his seat. He's a Republican candidate for the very position that he he hopes to stay in. Um, so he's had some pretty outward statements on what he thinks about this. And so lawmakers, when you ask about who has the final say, you know, we, this has kind of exchanged hands multiple times. Seems like lawmakers are very eager to jump into this because I think within a day, after the attorney general gave them the green light to create legislation on this, they had amended an an existing bill and passed it through the state house. So it's already passed one chamber of the state legislature, and now it moves over to the state senate. If it passes the state senate, I can only imagine that 
Governor Stitt would sign this bill, given that his own education secretary has really helped whip up this frenzy, you know, that has really emphasized that this policy should change. So if the governor is presented with a bill that would do exactly that, it's only logical that he would sign it. Oh, I'm glad you brought up the legislation because the attorney general basically told the legislature, you got to act fast on this issue. And certainly by the end of the month, you know, they've got uh, about three weeks left in session, plenty of time. Uh, I know the legislature well, there's plenty of time to do a lot of things between now and the end of session. So the, the bill that they have introduced and have quickly advanced through the first uh, chamber would limit school bathroom use to that person's biological sex, meaning that if a transgender male was assigned female at birth, they would have to use the girls' room. Um, so the status of that legislation, we're still waiting to see, but what I'm wondering is in the bill or in discussion about the bill, has there been talk of how it would be enforced? It does get into that. And basically it, it would restrict, you know, like you said, if if whatever sex that you were born with, that is the bathroom that you would have to use. It also has a provision that would advise um, the use of a third option, which would be a, a secluded private bathroom. It's not a shared bathroom with anyone else. It would be a separate room. So if there were a transgender person who really couldn't use or wouldn't feel comfortable using the restroom that would match their birth sex, that third option would be available there. But the bill does say, if available. So it it doesn't say that that third option must be available. It just says there should be a third option if there is one available. Um, So perhaps in some schools out there, there wouldn't be. But that is how it would would work is whatever your birth sex was as confirmed by your birth certificate that is the restroom that people in public schools would have to use so this obviously is a national issue we've seen similar um, uh, discussions in florida and other states and certainly here it's a state issue but i want to focus down back into the local issue how have people in stillwater and LGBTQ plus advocates. How have they responded to the controversy? Yeah, it's it's really sparked in Stillwater. Um, you know, there are people who packed school board meetings and have really strong and, and fiery things to say about this. Um, it, it really has become an emotional topic for quite a lot of people. And Stillwater is an interesting place. It, it, it kind of blends elements of rural Oklahoma with this, you know, really highly educated, more progressive college town. Um, And so you're really seeing both of those sides clashing somewhat on this issue of bathroom access. Um, So that definitely has been a point of contention in Stillwater. Um, And, you know, LGBTQ plus advocates have made it very clear, and so has the school district, that allowing transgender kids to use the restroom is not a safety threat to other students using that same bathroom. In fact, they say, you know, it would probably be a greater safety threat to the transgender child to be forced to go back to the restroom of their birth sex. Um, You know, they could be a target of bullying or just the fact of, you know, the, the humiliating aspect of it, of being in a school that doesn't affirm who they are. You know, we've already seen legislation affecting transgender rights. Um, and I, I spoke with the executive director of uh, Freedom Oklahoma, uh, which is a nonprofit advocating for LGBTQ rights. And they told me that, um, this could potentially be the most damaging legislation that comes from the session for transgender people. Um, so, you know, this could be, a, you know, very impactful for 
the folks who are whose bathroom access would be regulated by this. Um, and, and I think it really does, um, it, it is a gut punch for some people. I, I spoke with the executive director of the Payne County Pride Association, um, and, and she was emotional about it, that, you know, this kind of controversy occurred in, in their hometown. And, you know, this is somebody who knows transgender kids in Stillwater Public Schools and, and told me, you know, I know these kids, they, they wouldn't hurt anybody. Um, so to hear adults in the room portray these kids as predatory in any way has been really difficult uh, for, for folks who, who know those kids. And I can only imagine for their families. Certainly a sobering topic, one that has um, riled up uh, parts of the state now for a month. Uh, And the issue uh, of trans rights in Oklahoma politics, certainly we've been hearing about it for months here in this election year. So I I really appreciate you covering this issue, and and I'm I'm sure you've got some more uh, down the line if this legislation continues at the state capitol. Nuria, you're you're here anyway, but I want to thank you for joining us uh, this week to talk about your story. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.